All right, rugby league fans, ho, 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 happy Easter. Round four is done and dusted. Boys, LJ Squid and myself, Coach, here for another week. Boys, what do you think of Easter weekend? Easter weekend was pretty good, actually. Thursday and Friday, though, a bit of a slaughtering. But then it started to really build after that. And what was also building was my belly, because, dear God, did I get into that bear hunt? Yeah, I must admit, LJ, I definitely uh, followed your lead, putting all the bears into that, that one same spot, so I knew exactly where to hunt for them all. And, uh, yeah, worked out a treat. Yeah, well, they do say, fool you once. Shame on me. Fool you 23 times. Maybe try one more. But, hey... <laughs> That's right. A little bit surprising there uh, over the weekend. Just those uh, first couple of games, all, all hidings all around pretty much. Not really anything too tight. I'd have to say for myself, last week, that Eels-Tigers game was probably the most exciting one across the weekend, I thought. I'd have to admit that as well. That was one of the most exciting ones. Mainly, it's the last game in the round. It was super coach was on the line. But actually seeing the Tigers come back and look like they're going to do something, but then get a bit steamrolled at the end as well. Oh yeah, speaking of super coach, I had it all done and dusted until Fergo got across the line in the last second, absolutely gutted, but I did manage to win by four points. Good to see you in the winner's column over there, I joined the loser's column pretty quick with my boy Tupanua getting an early HIA contributing to four points, which meant I lost by 22 points. All right, boys. How good is it? Uh, LJ, kick things off, mate. How good was it for you this weekend? Sharkies got up against the Cowboys. It was so good. Back in the winner's circle. Woo! Boy, did we demolish a shit team. Was a little disappointed, though, uh, with the late try to Valentine Holmes. The only other try they'd got was from an intercept. But you've got to talk about it, and they've started to bring his name up. William Kennedy. A bit of a pocket rocket at the back. Really found his feet last year. He's trying to be replacing the Holmes, the Benny Barber model, but he's starting to float around a bit more. He's scoring a lot of tries, getting a lot of assists, and yeah, he's just popping up. He's a bit, a little bit of X-Factor. He's probably still got another year in him before he'll really hit peak, but we're growing. He's there. I did have him as first try scorer, and uh, sadly, he didn't get his first try for that game until about the third or fourth try, but missed out on the first try scorer, but uh, hey, he's still had an incredible game. I, I... I'd have to say that um, he's probably one of those fullbacks flying under the radar at the moment, because there's, it seems like fullback is that position where it's just so elite so talked about with a lot of these teams you've got your pappies you've got your teddies you've got your rts's you've got your travoyovich's you've got your cnk's like the list just goes on where he's just slowly building slowly getting a bit more experience a bit more confidence just working on those combinations within the team and um, you can see that he's just getting better and better learning how to run off um, you know your townsends and all that so uh, he definitely had a good game. I mean, still, he was probably, what, maybe the fifth best fullback over the weekend, which isn't a negative because he played really well. Uh, it's just that these guys are just next level, but he's getting there. Which is a bit weird because there's actually a limit on halfbacks at the moment. They're saying that there's no halfback tree that you can go find yourself a half. It seems to be fullbacks are plenty at the moment. Yeah, that's very true. What about you, Squid? What was your highlight for the weekend? Uh, I'd have to say for me was Tarek Sims in that game against the Knights. Like he got a pretty, I oh, got a charge down runaway try, and he's just amped, just fucking pumped, and you just see it on his face. Like he's pretty much just fucking done the world's greatest play from a charge down. I mean, but he's just stoked. What about his uh, family members? Yeah, super hot sister too. Um, I was trolling the forums a little bit earlier today, and there is rumours. It's neither confirmed nor denied. But it is rumoured that there's going to be a Ruan Sims 2022 calendar coming out next year. And guess who's going to be the first boy lining up to buy that bad boy? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Who has two thumbs in buying this calendar? 
Coach. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, Coach, but um, I actually created a Wikipedia page. So I was the one that actually put that on her Wikipedia account. It's not true at this stage, but maybe in the future. <laughs> Let's see what we can do. Hopefully it gets some traction. Uh, for me, boys, how can you go past little Pappy? Ryan Pappenhausen, absolute ripper of a game. He scored four tries. All of support plays as well. Like Every single try, he was basically running in behind the player and managed to pick up uh, four tries in a row. And uh, he also had one try assist, uh, 298 run meters. One negative that I would say was that he did have two errors, uh, equal most with Adokar, but that's the type of player that he is, so it's like sort of high risk, uh, high reward. So, yeah, absolute blinder by Ryan Pappenhausen, probably one of my absolute favourite players at the moment, which could actually lead us into our next topic. Who's your favourite player, boys? Squiddy. Let's start with you. I'd love to see what's brewing in that mind of yours. Oh, this, it's, it's, it's a love-hate relationship at the moment. Um, for me, it's Josh Maguire at the moment. He is just putting an effort in a losing North Queensland Cowboys team. And he just came out, you know, last week he said, basically, our team's shit. We're doing the same things over and over, expecting something different. And it's just not happening. It's just like, but everyone just seems to accept it. And he's like, nah, fuck that. I, I want to be better. I want to play better. I want to win games. I don't play rugby league to lose. So let's sort it out and be more aggressive, do whatever we need to, um, which I think has got him out of favour with the coach a little bit because he can't even get a starting spot. Uh, LJ, what do you reckon? Uh, he's actually rumoured to be almost getting a trade. Apparently the Dragons are quite keen to pick him up, um, think that he could be a valuable asset. So mid-season trade pretty much coming out saying your team's shit, I'm the best player, best attitude to get yourself traded. Not bad. He's not the only player to come out and say that, though. Jake Granville said it on the weekend just gone, so he's not the only senior player saying such things. So, yeah, interesting, interesting rumour. Yeah, even Andrew McCulloch has come out, to I think it was just today, and said we'd, we'd happily take him on board if that was an option for us. And probably not a bad team to join, considering they've just won three in a row. Forget about the Cowboys. You don't need to look any further than the Sharks, my favourite player at the moment. Ronaldo Mulatalo, who's a great player, on and off the pitch. Um, love his aggression, his running style. He's got that sprint at the line from the back, which I love. When the Sharks won it, they used to have those three people who just sprint as hard as they can and trying to bump people off. If you see a winger flying at you from 40 metres out, you're either going to get bumped off or you're going to put a shot in. Now, I remember JT getting thrown back after get Valentine Holmes just ran over him, a few sprigs in the face, and then went through. But yeah, that's he's my favourite at the moment. I'm imagining that uh, Coach probably has one that we may have talked about. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, Molotalo, I'd, I'd definitely see him just coming out of the line full speed ahead. So, yeah, that's an absolutely ripper of a great player. But mine, of course, I've already mentioned it, but Ryan Pavanhausen, uh, the greatest support player in the game at the moment. Uh, he's always behind the ball player. He's always in support, and he's just having an absolute ripper of a season. Um Probably one of the quickest in the NRL at the moment too. He's got a fair bit of gas behind him, so he's giving Adokar and the likes of Damian Cook a good run for their money in regards to speed. But anyway, with all praise comes absolute trash as well. Guys, who's your most hated player? I'll kick us off. Um, for me, it's the walking dildo, dildo walker, Dylan Walker. Absolute trash bag. I know I've already spoken pretty dirty on him in the past, but uh, yeah, he's just a player that I can't enjoy. As we've said before, a very punchable face, and he's just an absolute grub. Uh, on the weekend, I, I honestly wish that someone took his head off, and I'm sure I'm going to want it again because he's coming up against the Warriors. But how about you guys? Squid? Dildo Walker? Is he Lord of the A-Ring? Is that him? He is. <laughs> Man, I'm looking forward to old Big Ben Murdoch Masilla getting a half break and just running with high knees, eh? Straight oh, at that break, please. at that breakable fractured face that he's had. 
just really aim two knees into the dive would really make my night. I'm actually quite gutted because Adam Fenua Blake, he's um he's actually gone and quote unquote busted up his knee and he's not named this weekend. Rumours have it that he was a little bit scared of coming up against Dylan Walker. He did hear that there might be a fist coming his way to the back of his head. So he's actually come out and said that he's got a sore knee, a little bit of a boo-boo. So um, Dildo Walker may have the upper hand this round. So. I heard he actually likes to call his knee uh, truth and justice. And that's how he likes to hand them out, which is barnstorming runs right at the face. Really leave a mark, some would say. What you guys will have to do is um, have a look at Ben Murdoch Masilla's uh, knee strapping this week because he's actually got Adam uh, written into his knee tape. So once he knees Walker in the face, he might even have an Adam tattoo on his forehead or jaw or face or neck or anywhere, spine. Doesn't matter. <laughs> now, Squid, I'm pretty sure I can guess who yours is going to be, but uh, why don't you humour us? Who's your least favourite player, brother? Oh, such a sell point on the weekend. We all know that my most hated player is Jared Croker. I just don't like the way he is put together. Looks like a sook. Um, <laughs> scores a lot of bullshit tries. Greedy. He's now done the unthinkable, and he's fourth on the all-time NRL scoring list and overtaken the GOAT, Andrew Joey Johns, and I just cannot believe it. I even did some behind-the-scenes uh, mathematics, and if he plays another five years, he could end up as the all-time leading point scorer. Averaging the two two hundred odd points a season. Mathematics. That sounds more like sad medics. What were you up to? You're in a dark place when you're pulling those numbers out. You say that he never passes the ball, but he legit did like a Benji Marshall flick pass to set up a try over the weekend. So I don't think he can stand up with those sort of criticisms there, Squid. The flick pass is a run first decision. So he was always going for himself. He was like, oh fuck, I've been caught here. I'll, I'll, I'll try and get the get rid of the ball somehow. I don't want to get tackled. <laughs> Word on the street is he hit his uh, top speed 15 metres in and didn't think he could make it. So... He wasn't actually trying to flick it. He was trying to do a dummy and it fell out of his hand uh, straight into another support player and try time. <laughs> and how about you, LJ? Well, someone who fires me up as much as Jared Croker for Dan is old Dan Gay Guy or Gagai or Dane Gagui, however he likes to be pronounced. I don't really give a shit. He's not a fan of mine. I'm not a fan of his. Um, some say we might have some beef back in the day, but I don't know. It's probably just something I made up when I was 18 beers deep. But man, do I hate how he thinks he's great at everything. Every time he plays, he might do a nothing play and he'll run in with some aggression. And normally I'm for aggression, uh, but not from him. He is the most overrated NRL player, but somehow he performs at Origin, which makes me hate him even more. He's just one of those Queensland players who just plays like shit all year, and then suddenly he's an Origin and he's the hero. He reminds me of a Darius Boyd. So LJ, here's some news that uh, you might might cheer you up a little bit about Dan Gay Guy. Is, um, he has held unsuccessful extension talks with the Rabbitohs and is set to look elsewhere next year so he may not even have a job you might have to never you might never see him again oh I always worry about that an aging center who used to play representative football sounds like a Warriors key pickup <laughs> hey let, let's pay him overs too you know let's pay play more than he's what he's worth He's going four years with a fifth-year player option. <laughs> no, LJ, no way. Don't be saying such things, man. You don't know who's listening, and that might actually be a fucking idea they'll take. So anyway, you're starting to make me worried. But speaking of, boys, segue and a half, worried as. Uh, Squid, why don't you kick us off this week, man? What are you worried about? So what's got me worried as this week is just the boys' attitude on the field. Um, there's just no aggression, you know, which is always upsetting Lee. Um, there was no ability to adapt in the game plan. They kept kicking to the old giraffe in the corner, Daniel Tupo, who's like 95 metres tall. 
So let's let's kick it to him when we've got Brett Morris, who's still good under the high ball, but could probably contest a lot better. And mate, even when Brett Morris got injured, he busted his knee and we still didn't target him. That's just lo- like the ruthless stuff that we just lacked in that game. And, and that's exactly what, what we're saying. It's just like, why don't you put the foot on the throat? You know, like, let's put the pressure on these guys. If you're willing to play injured, well, then that's on you. That's your decision. That's the coaching decision. Pick up on those faults and weaknesses and target it. That's what the good teams do. 100%. Now, boys, I know I said I was going on holiday for the next four weeks, but uh, after that loss on the weekend, am I worried as. And the biggest worry for me, Jazz Tavaga is still getting named. He was meant to come off the bench, but for some unfound reason, they put him in the starting lineup straight off the bat. And God dang, I just can't believe that we're choosing this guy. Like six runs, 59 meters. He managed to get two errors. Of course he did. And he drew one penalty. Like fucking hell. We pay all this money for these big boys to come over. And then we go and start the smallest dude on the field. Uh, I just don't get it. I'm, I'm very, very frustrated. I'm definitely over Jazz Tavaga. I think we need to trade him, get rid of him, start fresh, and maybe get another big boy. Absolutely. For me, he's honestly, like, he's not even the biggest rocks and diamonds player. He's just all rocks. He's a mixture of rocks and shit. <laughs> Some believe he's a mixture of rocks and smaller rocks. I honestly feel like we were just better to put a massive forward pack on there. Even, fuck it, drop the hooker. I want six big units in the ball, and they all just run hard from the back fence like Bunty and just bump them all off. And that's how I want to see our forward pack play. Make them scared. Yeah, boy. Well, I know what's got me worried, and I've got a bit of input on the earlier ones, but lack of pressure on the young halves. We're reversing two rookies who are playing seven and six, and we've got one of the biggest forward packs now, and we do not run down their face the whole game. If that was against Melbourne Storm or anywhere else, those halfbacks would have been on their back every kick, every pass, held down, given away a few penalties. Just make them nervous to run. Sam Walker's like 60 kilos dripping wet and he was running through the pack because he wasn't scared. He was happy to take his time and do a big kick. Now I just know he's going to get Wade Graham in his face all game. Wade Graham is just going to sit there and nail him. And then when they substitute, they're going to bring the other boys on. They're just coming for him. They're coming for both of them. They're, they had it too easy last week. They're about to get a real taste of the NRL this weekend. And that's what I'm saying. There's just no killer instinct in the Warriors. Like Sam Walker's stats at halftime, he was only forced to make eight tackles in 40 minutes of football on debut. If that's me, that's a dream. Like you're not getting your energy sapped. You're just being able to watch the game, pick up little bits and pieces. And then when you've got the ball, it's just you've got so much energy um, because you're not being asked all these questions on defense. And I'm not saying he was a bad defender or anything like that. It's just we don't know what he's like because we didn't put enough pressure on him. Sam Walker came out and said that uh, this game was made easy by his outside back and forward pack, which is the biggest insult you can throw to a team you just smoked is that it's my first game and it's too easy mate couldn't agree more like if you've got two rookie halves you get your big forwards to just run at them full blat 100 miles an hour every single run target take them out get them nervous it uh, just didn't happen we we look like a whole bunch of soft cock muppets but uh, speaking of muppets boys muppet of the week what have we got I'm going to jump in here first, Kosh, um, just because I, I, I know what you guys are going to sort of talk about, and my one's not as good, so I just want to get that out of the way and then let you guys banter away about it. Um, mine is 
uh, Jolliffe from the Titans. Um, so I'm not too sure if you guys watched that game, but the Titans were pretty much in it the entire time. I never really looked like they were winning, but the score was always close enough um, that if, if something had happened, then you know they might have got close. But um, it was pretty much the last opportunity for the Titans to score before the game got away from them. Inside the Raiders 20, and Jolliffe just spills the pill, drops it for no reason. He caught the ball, <laughs> took two steps, and then dropped the ball somehow. I was just like, you idiot. Maybe he was giving a shout out to his good mate Ben Hunt because I know they're basically best friends off the field and have matching tattoos. Oh, just mate, something, eh? Oh, let's pour one out for the homies on the field. It's new, it's exotic, and I like it. But my Muppet of the Week actually stems from that game. Now, there's a lot of hate going to be thrown out about this, but Jack, let's fuck these cunts up white and really let me down. Put a big bet on at the TAB using my bonus bets. All I needed was Rapana or Rapana to score first try and then Whiten to score a try. Now Rapana or Rapana, however you like to call him, I call him mate, he got first try for the three minutes. We were sitting pretty. That left 77 minutes for Jack Whiten to score a try. And it wasn't until right at the end I looked away and thought he had score and then it was bloody Elliot Whitehead popping his head up. I thought on the buzzer that was my 900 bucks, but it's not. So I'm just going to send out some more hate-filled messages this weekend, one some about 10 drinks deep and see if Whiten will respond. The sad thing about that is um, Wyden's two previous games against the Titans, he got doubles. So it would have would have been good for him to keep up that scoring tally, but unfortunately he just couldn't. Um, so Kosh, who, who was your Muppet of the Week, mate? Well, my Muppet of the Week this week, to be honest, he could probably be nominated most weeks, but it's Gus Gould on the Channel 9 broadcast. Um, thankfully, I've got Foxtel, so I only have to listen to the Channel 9 footage uh, on the NRL.com replays, and I'm not sure why they put the Channel 9 commentary team on there. But anyway, he's he's on there talking about fucking crayfish and how many legs they have and telling <laughs> stupid stories about fucking his neighbor and all this sort of stuff and it's just stuff that nobody's interested in like shut the (laughs) hell up man and i can't believe he's still got a job but channel nine seemed to like old men talking trash about stuff that nobody's interested in so anyway i'll hand him the muppet of the week now enough about muppets i think we've got some new sponsors on board Yes, yes, we do. We actually have a brand new sponsor, some high-velocity bodysuits from NAS A. These bodysuits hide the belly, but elongate the thighs. For more speed on the paddock, grab your bodysuit online today from NAS A. I don't know if you'd actually believe it or not, but they were actually tested in Bali. So they're all about being able to play on the streets, from the streets, for the streets. They actually wear them at Bali now with no tourists around, just running down the street looking sexy. Now, uh, there's rumours that Melbourne Storm actually put their whole team over there in Bali. To, instead of looking for a team trip, they were just looking to sign a new sponsor. And wow, looks like we've picked it up instead. Oh, so that's why the Storm players were in Bali. Well, that's great. Well, thanks, Nas A. Body suits, ladies and gentlemen. Who would have thought it? Um, moving right along, team. So, guys, we are here right at the pinnacle of our greatest segment, Ladder Talk. Ladder Talk. <laughs> Ah, yeah, so ladder talk. Um, have, have a quick look at the old NRL ladder this week, and it's becoming apparent that it's really a six-horse race for me. I know that the Dragons are somehow sitting in six at the moment, but, I mean, with Melbourne underneath them, they'll easily swap. So the interesting spot is from seventh to probably 11th, I think. So they're all going to be fighting for those last two spots in the eight. Uh, we all know everyone sort of from Brisbane below is no good at the moment. So... It's just going to be an interesting, I guess, rest of the season of, of who plays who and how it all works out. But I just, um, I think after four rounds, the top six have pretty much cemented themselves. So there's not really much 
other to fight for in that top eight for those top eight spots. Talking about the eight and who belongs and doesn't belong, finally some normalcy returned when the Titans and the Knights were both kicked out of the eight. Oh, that made me feel a little bit better after the disappointing Warriors game, but seeing both the Titans and Knights out of the eight uh, just makes me feel good. A little good, not full good, not fully erect good, but semi. But what's got me weirded out though, besides getting a semi talking about league, is uh, the Dragons have won three out of four. And the first one, they got smoked by the Sharks, but they've actually got three wins. Now, that's probably more than I expected from the whole season, but they're actually in form. I don't know if this is an upward inflection, but I don't know... (laughs) I don't know how they're in form. Oh, the Dragons, shudder. They're almost as bad as the three teams that I was going to talk about on the ladder today. And that's uh, the worst teams in the NRL at the moment, guys. And to be honest, it has to be three teams. Uh, the Sea Eagles, the Cowboys, or the Bulldogs. And for me, it has to go to the Bulldogs, I reckon. They've, uh, they're they lacking a whole bunch of direction. They don't seem to have any go forward. And yeah, they're basically looking like they can't score any points. They literally can't score a point. Yeah, well, exactly. They're basically walking home with donuts every weekend. So yeah, I can't actually see the Bulldogs would get any points from. That's the biggest issue. You just don't see how they could score. Manly, you think that Cherry Evans and Foran could hit some form. Tommy Turbo's going to be back not this week next week apparently at center to give his hammies a rest um he could put some points on the cowboys i don't know maybe tomololo just runs over the whole team gets a try yeah well that's a good point well like they've they've named dylan nupper on the bench he's been a bench player since the beginning of the season so if they can't get dylan nupper on their starting like he's one of the biggest boys in the nrl so there's something going on wrong there and yeah. He's an origin representative. Like, how could you not have him in your starting lineup, especially when your team is so shit? Unless he's actually like, hey, coach, uh, yeah, I'll start off the bench this week. I don't really don't, don't have much confidence in us. So um, I'd just rather save my body for origin. <laughs> yeah, well, there's one thing that I'm confident in, and that's that these three teams will remain at the bottom of the table. They're shit. So out of these three teams, it's not about who's going to be getting any better. It's just who's going to be shitter for longer. And speaking of shit, we've got some shit facts coming up for you. LJ, hit us with the shit. Well, I had to dig deep into my shit facts for this one, but would you believe that the Panthers have only allowed 16 points against them this year so far? That includes playing some solid games against Melbourne and that. And if you were to match up who what 16 points matches with, that is the Bulldogs' points they've scored all season. And matter of fact, points they scored in the first half of their first game. So they have scored 16 points, and that is equal to the amount of points Penrith have let in. So maybe if we let the Doggies play Penrith across maybe six weeks, maybe the score will be 120 to 20. Good, good luck to the Bulldogs on that one. Squid, <laughs> got anything to elaborate on that? Um, yeah, speaking of how shit the Bulldogs are, which we just can't seem to avoid at the moment. Um, so three games, three nil score lines. Uh, one of the commentators actually mentioned that the last team to uh, achieve this feat was uh, the 2014 Cronulla Sharks team. So, LJ, did you did you hear that one this weekend, mate? Or is, is this is this fresh news to you? Yeah, 2014, what a year for breaking records. Uh, we're the first team ever to cheat in a game of NRL and lose using steroids. So I can imagine the three games just sits on a plaque on the mantelpiece at the moment, but it looks like we might be heading north to the mighty Bulldogs. Hopefully they can take that pathetic record and extend it. Now, enough about this ancient record that's about to be passed on to another shit team. Coach, what's your shit fact for the week? 
Well, my shit fact this week actually revolves around the Tigers. We've spent about 15, 16, 17, 18 seconds talking about the Tigers, and now we're up to 20. So moving on to Debbie's Donuts, ladies and gentlemen. The Bulldogs, as we mentioned, have been loving Debbie's Donuts, and she actually pulled up her truck at the car park knowing that these guys were going to pull off a third in a row. So Debbie put a 30-pack in the sheds before the game was even over, and the Bulldogs walk away with another 30-pack of Debbie's Delicious Donuts. So thanks again, Debbie. You're an absolute legend. So I've actually seen that Debbie's Donuts is advertising for new jobs on the Seek website here in New Zealand because uh, they're unable to keep up with the amount of donuts that they have that they normally produce. Um, I know that the, these ones are baked, not fried, which is uh, a little LJ special. He, lo- he loves his baked donuts. So they're actually having to look for new employees to keep up with the, the donut production. Well, best of luck to any of the future prospects for Debbie's Donuts. I'm sure they'll be absolutely loving their new position. Moving on to a brand new segment, guys, and that is Key Matchups. This is a segment where we get to talk about two positional opponents and who may come clash to clash or head to head, whatever you want to call it, and who's going to have the best matchup for this upcoming weekend. And to start off, guys, I'm thinking the Eels-Dragons game. We've got Corey Norman versus Mitchell Moses. So two ex-halves that were in the same team. And then obviously Corey Norman got shafted out the door. And now Mitchell Moses has got the reins of the Eels team by the scruff of the neck and absolutely having a perler. So that's going to be a very, very interesting lineup. And to be honest, I think Mitchell Moses will get the go-ahead. But it will be interesting to see how Norman reacts to his old team. I'm really looking forward to that one. Have you got anything there, Squid? So for me, it has to be in the Penrith Panthers and Canberra Raiders game. We've got two of the best props who arguably would like that number one rating next to their name, and that's uh, Big Puppy and James Fisher-Harris. Probably two of the best, but who's going to be number one? Who's going to prove that they are better than the, the opposition in this week? So that's what I'm looking forward to. LJ, what do you got, mate? Got a few that I'm pretty excited about with the matchups. The first one is a classic NS dub. Jack Whiten versus Nathan Cleary, seeing really who can own the team and control them. I know they're not the exact same position, but really they're the leader of the teams. Uh, so I can really see that coming out on Friday night. One that's quite interesting that I'm looking forward to is Norman versus Fergo. Now, Corey Norman can put up a spiral bomb or a lofty bomb like the best of them. Now, Fergo had a mare in the weekend, an actual mare when those bombs started going up. So I'd love to see a few more of those bombs head his way. And then my last one would have to be, I think I mentioned, I touched on a bit earlier, is Wade Graham versus Sam Walker. I'm imagining Sam Walker's going to get tackled about 12 times today on the weekend, and 16 of them are going to be from Wade Graham. And that is right, 16. He's going to tackle him twice. He's going to make sure he doesn't get up. That's all I care about. Ooh, those are going to be some juicy matchups. What about games, guys? What games are we looking forward to this weekend? Ooh, boy, is it Friday. Friday, definitely. Thursday, not going to worry about, but Friday. Man, I'm quite looking forward to Manly getting touched up. Hopefully Dylan Walker with a bit of bit of face work, maybe from uh, my boy Ben Murdoch Masella. But really looking forward to starting off the Warriors on a Friday night at an earlier enough time, just before we get into the big game, the big Penrith versus Raiders game. So if you can work that out, so the game kicks off at 8, so I could have about 8 drinks before kickoff there for the Warriors. A few more in-game, probably be about, about 14, 15 down before we even get to see the Penrith Raiders. But those are the games I'm looking forward to. Hey, so what about these 7.55 kickoffs? Like, it's obviously five minutes before 8 o'clock. So how does that work? Is there like a roundup system or how do you get ready for those ones? So I like to start by getting a bit of warm-up in, 20 minutes in. like to smash a beer, you know, really train how you play. That last 20 minutes, really put the effort in, get a little red buzz on your face. And then once I'm all warmed up and the game starts, I go tackle the tree a bit, warm the shoulders up, start sprinting around the house yelling, it's our year. 
and then get in and open a fresh drink as kickoff happens. Now you've got to make sure you're at least eight down. That is the bare minimum. Get it? Aha, uh-huh. beer. Gotcha, beer minimum. Hilarious. Ooh, dad joke. Uh, what about you, Squid? Any games you're looking forward to? I can't believe that I'm actually uttering these words that I want the dragons to play. <clears throat> I want the dragons to... Hold on, I got, I got this. Come on, Squid. I want the dragons to play well. Oh, well done, Squid. You're a bigger man than I. <laughs> I think that's the only way that's going to make it any type of game. Everything else looks one-sided from after Friday. So, want some good quality league. Ah, yes, that's all we can really hope for. But from quality games to quality bets, Punter's Corner, LJ, what have you got for us this week? Yeah, Thursday nights came in again. That was quite nice. Got me some nice wins. Actually won Thursday and Friday until old Jack White and messed me up. But I won't dwell on that too much because the count is credited and we're ready to go. So it's actually going to be a bit weird. So although I believe that the Rabbitohs are going to walk all over the Broncos on Thursday night, I am going to put Xavier Coates up there for an anytime try. He has scored five in the last three games and is the one person who seems to be doing well out of them, but also going to have Alex Johnston Smalldick in there as well for a nice little $30 anytime try. But uh, who you got there, Squiddy? I've gone with two Rabbitohs this week. Latrell Mitchell, he's not really appreciating all this talk about Teddy as the best number one because we know how arrogant Latrell is. So I feel like he's going to be putting in a good effort and try and get over that uh, white line. The other smoky would be a cookie time try in the last 20 minutes, I reckon, when the forwards are tired and he gets his little beach sprinting legs running, you know, 20, 30 out, beats a couple of defenders and slides in. So that would be for me. Uh, Coach, you got you got anything crazy this weekend? Well, first on Damian Cook, can we just make an agreement that any time we place a first time try a bit on Damian Cook, we call it a fortune cookie? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't let LJ be the only one with a shit dad joke. <laughs> I like it. But for me, I'm going to come out swinging and say that Tavita Totola is going to come out and be an anytime try scorer. So the Broncos forwards are not going to show up and he's just going to run straight over the middle. So that's going to be a gosh damn guarantee. So if you've got that extra 150 bucks that you're down last week and the week before and the week before that, chuck it all on this one. Put the house down, guys, because this one's definitely coming through. We're about to make $150 worth of bonus bets. And I think that pretty much wraps us up for our week five podcast. Uh, unless you guys got anything to add to it, I just want to throw you a question that I've just thought of. You got you boys got anything before I do this? No, nah, mate, you're good. You're good. Okay, so we all know uh, Dildo Walker is a cunt. Um, would you prefer him to get injured very early on in the game, or play eighty minutes and get beaten up for the duration of the game? Actually, going to steal your question and make a little few slight tweaks for it. First option, would you love him to get injured early on in the first half due to Ben Murdoch Masilla's knees running over him and him sitting on the bench for the rest of the game? Didn't finish the HIA but just injured so he has to watch it and can really never forget any of this game. Or option B, he knocks the ball on in the last 10 seconds of the game to lose the game. I mean, if he is, if he is going to get hurt, I hope he's attempting a try scoring tackle and fails miserably. Like, that's what I'm wanting. So not only does he get rid of, he's gone for the rest of the game, but he's also led in a try. Like, so he's not getting away with everything scot-free. It's like, you still fucked up, cuz. 
Okay, okay, what about this then, guys? So, Tavaga gets on the field about 25, 30 minutes into the game, and he's wearing headgear, and the headgear's got little spikes and studs and all kinds of metal things, and he just decides to grab the ball and run directly towards Dildo Walker and then jumps and dives into him and kind of like, <laughs> let's think like Mortal Kombat, you know, like Lord Raiden with a spinning little hand thing, and he's just like, <laughs> knocking him out, hitting him right in the stomach, and then decides to get those 30-inch sprigs from that sponsor a few weeks ago and decides to just stomp on his legs, thus injuring Dildo Walker for the rest of the season, and obviously Tavaga, he's in a bit of trouble. He goes to the tribunal and he gets done and he gets banned. He gets banned from the game for at least three years. We don't get to see Tavaga for three years. So what about that, guys? It's a, it's a win-win, guys. How's about that? Oh, we, we can't do that? Oh, that that's, oh, okay. Well, we might have to go that traditional route then and maybe just punch Dylan Walker in the head and then he has to watch the game from the sideline. Okay, cool, cool. I just I would like to explain what happened there. So... Squiddy started off a question which was just like a normal piece of chicken. I went and made it a double down <laughs> and by adding these two pieces of chickens together then Coach bloody made it a family feast of double downs with that comment. Jeez. I'm really after a bucket now. <laughs> well, a man can dream, brother. But anyway, boys, that brings us to an end of this podcast. Thank you guys so much. Always a pleasure. And thank you out there for listening as well. We really appreciate it. Please come get engaged on the Instagram account, the NRL Back 3. Have a lot of fun and uh, enjoy the footy this weekend. But that's been us for another week right here at the NRL Back 3 podcast. See you guys. I'm off to go get some chicken.